That was incredible. So now we're gonna go straight to event strategy. We are rapping about event strategy. So we have got three incredible corporate event professionals joining us to talk through some of the things to think about in 2024. Team, are we ready to rap about event strategy? Let's do it. Okay, so I have this incredible question randomizer for the three of you. We have put in a whole list of questions. Now, you are to wrap your presents, get ready for the holidays while I'm asking questions here. So as I hit the button, um, my number one question for you is, oh, we're just gonna start off light. What's your favorite holiday movie, Nicola? Uh, I would say Elf. Oh, that's a good one. Richard, do you have a favorite? L I also love Elf, but I'll give you Christmas Story is also a classic. Oh, that's a good one. Alexandra, what have you got? Um, well, uh, I am not ashamed of it. Love Actually. I think the best movie ever. Wow. You know what? I've actually never seen that movie. Is it embarrassing or what? What? Please, no way. You are watching it right after you wrap is. up this 12 hours? Wrap up 12 hour marriage and you're watching live actually. I'll check in with you in the morning. That's amazing. All right, so big question now. Do most organizations let their salespeople come to their proprietary events? So as you're planning for 2024, budgets we know are a little tighter than normal. Salespeople tend to be the first to cut. You don't want to spend all that extra money and then they're all hanging around. Do you let them come? Nicola, what do you think? Yes. Oh, my yes. sorry. <laughs> I'm mean, communicated about this. Yes, yes. But you manage it. Um, I mean, it, it's you have to carefully manage your staff and employee ratio to attendees. But 100% proprietary events are about deepening relationships, building new pipeline, accelerating new pipeline. Yes, you just need to manage it in a proper way. Alexandra, what do you think? You just did a couple of road shows across the world. Do you let the salespeople come? 100%. Like, I mean, without salespeople, what's, this, what, what, what's the reason to do it? I mean, they're like the engine of these events. They, it's, it's all for them, right? The job of marketing is to make sales life easier. So these events are the number one method to do that, to achieve it. So. We just need to know how to navigate the relationship and how to manage it and make uh, the uh, just their job easy and show them why it matters. I love it, Nicola. Well done. I see that you've already finished your present. You have a whole lot more stuff. Well, to I'm on my second one, and I will okay. admit my first one that I intended on wrapping is putting my computer screen since I'm in a hotel. <laughs> Okay, so I have a very important question for you. So as we're managing the strategy for next year, what do the most what do most organizations plan first? The event or the budget? How does it work in your world? Richard, what are you seeing? Do they give you the event and you quote the budget? Or do they give you a budget and say make it happen? It commonly comes down to here's kind of what we're thinking, here's the budget numbers we have, here's a blank sheet of paper, let's go do something special. Then it's kind of talking about what the priorities are, right? And that's where it's getting interesting in 2023. Priorities are not similar. They're all over the map. And so that's where we kind of have to sit down and come up with something unique. So that's kind of the fun part, right? Every day is a new puzzle and it's never the same thing twice. That's so true. And I'm not sure we did full intros. So Richard Steno from Bellwether and Alexandra, I can tell me your last name. I've never been able to say it. Banyuhina. Oh, you make it sound so easy. 
with Pixels and Nicola Castor with the event strategist. Okay, are you ready for your next question? What's one unique approach you've seen to elevate attendee engagement and participation at your events? Nicola, what do you think? It, it's a, that's a hard question to answer because it depends on the event and the audience, right? So um, I think finding a way for people to organically connect on their own is critical. Um, I'll, I'll share an example from when I was at TED, um, which was always a bucket list item for me. I got to go and uh, I, I met so many people through an, a WhatsApp group that one person started. So. To me, that uh, I'm, I, I advise all my clients to think about those types of efforts. I love that. Um, Alex, do you have any suggestions on attendee engagement? Um, I think what what definitely helps is uh, creating a little bit more freedom and a little bit more space within your agenda, so not packing it with only yes. sessions, keynote presentation after keynote presentation, then followed by a panel, and then this and that and that but actually looking at the ratio of that time that um, you're dedicating to that actual networking and connection, and then curating that networking and connection time so that it's not like people are thrown in on their own in the pool like we are now with our presence, um, but actually that you create this little mechanics and techniques to connect them, to engage them, um, and to make it feel very natural. I think you are so right. Engagement goes south when you put people in a darkened room for four hours straight. They can't yes. handle it for very long. So that's, you know, we've been working through this, putting 15-minute segments up throughout the day to see how it works. And virtually nobody has an attention span for anything. So we're doing ridiculous things, wrapping presents while we're having this great conversation. Um, Richard, how do you see metrics and priorities changing and evolving in 2020? So it's interesting, one of the things that we're seeing a huge emphasis on is real-time metrics. So, so often we do the events, we get through things, a couple weeks later we get the reports. Technologies that are allowing us to see in real-time what the attendee satisfaction is, even camera systems that are looking at the audience and using AI to measure their facial expression to determine their level of satisfaction with the content. We've got a client that uh, will be adjusting content on the fly based on the feedback they get real-time. Haven't seen it before, I'm super excited to see how it comes together. Mm. Good yeah, luck to them. That's a bit scary. <laughs> That's scary. I, 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 I hope they do. Um, in my experience, your content creators are not often that flexible. As a content creator, a presenter, someone says, we hate your session midway through. What am I going to do, right? So there's a balance of figuring it out. Um, but I mean, data and metrics is, is um, something I'm so passionate about. And I'm so excited that this, our industry is finally embracing metrics the way that we should. Are we though? Because I honestly feel like we've been talking about data for 10, 20 years, and then we were able to capture data, and now we have so much data that nobody knows what the heck to do with it. So we're still talking about it. Who's implementing it right? Well, it starts with your objectives. How do you know what data matters if you don't know what success looks like? There's more than 150 data metrics we can capture. So you start with your objectives. That tells you what data you need to capture. And I think that's that's where we have to go back to, not the data, we have to go back to setting the right foundation. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. Alex, and I guess it also are? depends on, yeah. Yeah, from event to event and the type of organization that you are. Like, obviously, when you're putting on a huge show, let's say, 
rainforest, right, as an example that everybody knows. And you'll have totally different set of metrics compared to, for example, what um, I do, the type of events that we create that are small, intimate, like 150 people max. And like when it's all about the business objectives as well for one single company. So that's uh, very different. Okay, so then that means that you cannot answer my next question. And I would just go with generically leads, pipeline, and revenue. But what are the top KPIs that you think your executives are looking for this year? Are those still the main three? Depends on the objectives. <laughs> Depends I, on the event. Not, yeah. For me, not. I would remove leads from it. Like it's less okay. about the number of leads. It's more about the target accounts that are engaged through the programs. But then obviously pipeline and revenue. But that's also because we are deeply rooted in terms of um, account-based strategy. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay, I'll add so. One more. Uh -huh. Pipeline revenue and then brand image. We're seeing a lot more clients take a look at their image prior to the event and post event just to get a sense of how social and other things impacted them. It's an interesting metric to watch. How are I did a post that? about it recently yes. about there's there's four. I'm not going to hijack this, but there's four core objectives and there's certain metrics that go against those. And so. I think identifying for anybody in the audience listening, identifying what you're trying to achieve, then that'll tell you what to measure and what to report on. And then, of course, the really big one that we focused on in the last half of 2023 will probably not be going away in 2024, and that is how to do more with less. So what are the cost-cutting measures that you think are not going to impact the actual event or results next year? Um, I can share my example. Uh, it was for many reasons. Uh, one was sustainability, but also budget. It is a removing swag and not doing any swag. It is actually a big chunk of money that you can get uh, released and uh, switching to vegetarian catering. That is a little bit harder to procure and to manage uh, initially, but it does cost less and it's much more sustainable option. Richard, what are you seeing? I know they come to you and they say, yeah, need to cut. It's, it's interesting. So production schedule, right? We, it's always been three days to load in, three days to show, a day or two to get out. Looking at that schedule, changing how rehearsals work. A lot of offline rehearsals we're working on now for main stage, so we don't have so many people sitting in a room watching script reviews being done. So I think looking at that schedule, looking at some efficiencies in the process and then technologies, there are some whether it's LED tiles, breakout systems, whatever, that move in, set up much more quickly. So we've got a lot less labor, a lot less time. We can cut, you know, building uh, building schedules by a day, maybe two, depending on the event and the executives. Yeah, it's always better to have the right budget in the beginning than to start cutting the budget two weeks out. I'm not familiar with that for the first part, but I'd love to see it. <laughs> Nicola, do you have any great cost-cutting ideas? Not really, unfortunately. No. <laughs> I, I came a really from a world one. where where budget was there was a lot of it. So I, I, I don't know that I have advice that could scale to, to many. Look at you, that's so cute. Pat, pat. Nicola, what's their so. address and phone number? <laughs> if you have a lot of budget, go to Nicola for organizing your next event. Apparently. If you have no I budget only <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't work there anymore. We're right? starting a GoFundMe account for Alex's account, so just help us out with that if you would. Well, the one By the way, I was told this was an episode of The Golden me. Bachelor. 
<laughs> the one that resonated me was instead of using the conversation do more with less that we've been doing forever and ever, it's actually do less with less. So just prioritizing the budget is probably the best cost-cutting measure that you could possibly consider for 2024. Absolutely our, is. All right, team. Our next segment, um, let's see if we're ready for a little break. Okay, so if thank you. I just want to thank you, Richard, Nicola, and Alex for joining. I hope you got your presents wrapped. Let's see the final results here. Richard, did you successfully get any done? Oh, look at this. Great. I dropped one on the floor, so I'm not going to go get it. It wasn't breakable. Whoa. Oh, you got a hotel. bow on you that, Richard? Or was that Richard, like did you get started shows? yesterday on I this presents? Thrills. I've got mad skills. Don't be jealous. <laughs> That's absolutely epic. Well, thank you all so much for joining. We'll put this recording up because there were some incredible insights and we cannot wait to talk to you more in 2024 with Club Ichi. Thank you so much. We're going to take a little break and we'll be back on the telethon real soon.